to share it with you today. I don't think we're going to be lengthy, but mercy, this is going to be so important today. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 13 in your Bibles, and without uh, further ado, let's all stand if you're able, and let's go ahead and read our scripture and jump into this Bible study today, which I believe is going to be a help and a blessing. And man, if you've ever listened, if you've ever listened to a message, I hope that you'll listen to this message today. This is a message that's uh, so important for the saved, and it's so important for the lost. And so 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, we'll read four verses today, starting in verse number four. The apostle Paul is addressing, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's addressing the church in Corinth. And he says in verse four, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him. We shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Verse 5, and verse 5 is our text. He said, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that he should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though, be, though we be as reprobates. Verse 8 says, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. And you may be seated this morning, and I want to just talk to you about this title, A Salvation Examination. Salvation examination. And so anyway, let's pray and we'll jump right into this today. And I hope it'll be a help and a blessing to you. Father, we love you and thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit that Miss Krista just sang about that I believe is here today in a very, very real way. And Lord, we have already felt the presence of the Lord. We have already felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's here today. And uh, Lord, Miss Krista said this so true. Lord, the invitation service really starts when you pull onto the property. And sometimes it started before that. And so Lord, I pray that you will do that which needs to be done today. If there's anyone here that uh, right now is feeling the conviction of the Spirit of God, Lord, I pray that you would touch them and help them to know how much you love them. And I pray, God, that uh, number one, I pray that you would confirm in our spirit today that we are a true believer, that we've been born again by the grace of God, that we are a true, genuine child of God. I pray that you would confirm that in our hearts and our lives today. But then, Lord, if there may be those here today in this room or maybe those watching by way of the live stream, Father, if they have never come to that place in their life where they have genuinely trusted Christ as Savior, I pray that you will confirm to them that they are lost and in need of a Savior. And I pray today, March the 6th, 2022, that they will come to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I pray today would be a, a brand new beginning for them. Lord, I pray today would be uh, Lord, the beginning of, of, of wonderful new things in their life. And so, Holy Spirit, bless this time we have together. I pray it'll make sense. I pray it'll be encouraging. I pray that it'll be uplifting. More than anything, I pray that it will lift up the name of Jesus 
And we know his name is definitely deserving of that. Touch our voice. Touch us physically today. Father, we surely need that. And Lord, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake and all the Lord's people said, amen. Boy, I love First and Second Corinthians. And um, you say, Pastor, wasn't the church of Corinth a problematic church? And it was. <clears throat> Be quite honest with you. Uh, all churches are problematic. Anytime you have people, there's always problems. Um, and so just in case you are looking for that perfect church, I hate to break the news to you, you're never going to find one. There is not a perfect church this side of heaven. Uh, anytime you have a, a human pastor, you're going to have a problem. And anytime you got a human pastor pastoring human people, you're going to have problems. That's just the nature. Uh, that's just the way it is. The great thing about First and Second Corinthians is that Paul never gave up on this church. He never did. It had its share of problems. It had, it had some downfalls. It really did. Uh, from time to time, there was some sin, and there were different things going on in the church, and there were things that, boy, Paul was very bold about, and Paul rebuked the church for and spoke to them very, uh, uh, very bluntly. In fact, that's, we find that really sort of right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. But I love it because Paul never gave up on the church of Corinth. And I want to encourage you, man, don't give up on the church. Don't give up on the church. And somebody says, well, I'd go down to Calvary, but it's nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Well, come on, one more hypocrite won't make that much difference. Amen. Just come on. Just come on anyway. And, uh, but I love it. I love it. Paul remained, he remained constantly concerned about the spiritual well-being of this church here in Corinth. In fact, look, if you will, at 2 Corinthians 13 and verse number 5, and we're going to really camp out here today a little bit. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, Paul uh, challenges this church, and he says to the church here, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Now, we're going to go back, and we're going to unpack this for you, but, but he says, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. And then he says, prove your own selves. Wow. And then he says, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you. And then he says this, except ye be reprobates. Now, what, what, what's the Bible talking about? What's Paul telling the church here? Well, Paul says to the church of Corinth, examine yourselves. Let's start there. That's, that's first base. Examine yourselves. That word examine is the Greek word periazo. And it means to scrutinize, to scrutinize, to scrutinize yourself, to use scrutiny when you're looking at your own salvation experience, to use scrutiny. It means this, it means to try or to test one's faith. The word examine is a present tense verb. And so you could say it like this, keep on examining. That's what Paul is saying to the church of court, it's important that you keep on examining. Someone says, Pastor, uh, about 20 years ago, I sort of did an examination about my salvation last time I did it. No, no, no. The Bible says that we're to keep on examining ourselves and to make sure that we're in the faith. Keep on proving. That's what that scripture is saying. Con continue to examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Uh, in other words, we ought to do this on a regular basis. And then at the very end of the verse, Paul says, the reason that you're to do this, 
You're to examine yourselves, keep on examining yourselves, whether you be in the faith. And then he says this, except ye be reprobates. Now, again, it's just interesting. I don't want you to go there now, but, but you could go back to Romans chapter one. And in Romans chapter one, the Bible also uses the word reprobate. But I noticed that Romans chapter one and 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, totally different word. The word reprobates in 2 Corinthians chapter number 13 is the Greek word tis, T-I-S. And, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it took me a little while to try to figure out what the Lord is saying here. It is an, it is an indefinite pronoun. And the word reprobates means this, it means some or any person or object. So let's read it like this. Paul says to the church, examine yourselves. Keep on examining yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, uh, except ye be some or any person or object, is what he's saying. In other words, you say, Pastor, not following you. Hang on. Paul is saying, church, examine yourselves to make sure that you're not just any other person. Make sure you're not just a good person. Make sure you're a saved person. That's what he's saying. Hey, church, it's very important that you examine your faith, that you examine your salvation experience. You say that you're saved. Paul says it's very important that you examine that that you scrutinize that, that you put it under the microscope, that you go back to that time and that place, and that you examine yourselves to make sure that you're not simply a moral person, but make sure that you're a converted person. Make sure that you're a saved person. Make sure that you're a born-again person. Somebody says, Pastor, I'm a really good person. Praise the Lord, but are you saved? Somebody said, Pastor, I'll have you know that I am a charter member. Wonderful. But Paul is saying this, you better examine yourselves to make sure that you're not just a charter member, that you're a saved person. That you're born again. That you're not just a member of a social group or a community group. And you've done community work for all these years. And, you know, you signed a card or you got sprinkled when you're a baby or, uh, or you were confirmed as a child. Uh, Paul is saying this church, listen to me now. Oh, man, this is so important. He said, you better put yourself under an exam. You better scrutinize your life. You better examine your, your decision. And you better make sure that you are not just any other person. You better make sure that you are a born again person. Well, I'm glad I can tell you today, you can know you're saved. Somebody says, Pastor, nobody can know that. Yes, they can. Because our Bible tells us that. Now, we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Uh, and, and, and someone says, well, preacher, okay, but how do you know? I mean, how do you, you always talk about this. How do you know? Do you know, do you know that you know that you know that you know? And the answer to that is, yes, I do. And someone says, Pastor, how do you know that you're saved. And I want to say very quickly by way of introduction, church, I don't know that I'm saved primarily because of a one-time act. Amen. Now, follow me today because this is so crucial. You say, Pastor, how do you know that you're saved? And I want to say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am born again. 
but not just because of a prayer I prayed. Now, I'm not trying to make anybody doubt. I don't want you to doubt your salvation. But I'm pretty convinced, preacher, that our churches are full of lost people. And they know how to dress and they know how to tie a tie. Some of them do. They know how to carry their Bible just right. Some of them come to Sunday school. There are some that sing in the choirs. There are some that, that uh, you know, that uh, come on a regular basis. But to be quite honest with you, if they were to go back and begin to scrutinize their decision and begin to scrutinize the day that they supposedly got saved, uh, they're basing all of that on you know, a one, two, three, repeat after me. I, I prayed a prayer. Uh, I signed a card. Uh, you know, that's what I did. And I want to tell us today, Calvary, that there is more to being born again. And there's more to knowing that you're born again than just praying a prayer. Listen, there's a lot of religious people who pray prayers every day. But they're lost. Because it's not necessarily a prayer that saves you. Listen, it is not a, it is not a verbal condition it is a, or, or a verbal position. It is a heart position. Listen, there are some people who cannot verbally pray, and yet they are saved. Because one day God drew them to himself. They were convicted of the Holy Spirit, and although they could not verbalize those words, it was a heart, a heart position. And they, in faith, they said, Lord, I want you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you to save me. Now, somebody says, okay, pastor, all right. So if I can't point back necessarily to that little prayer that I prayed, then how do I know that I'm born again? Salvation examination. How do I know that I'm born again. Well, I'm excited about giving you a few thoughts this morning. How about this? Number one, I know that I'm saved, first of all, because of the witness of the Spirit. The witness of the Spirit. Somebody says, Pastor, how do you know? I'm, I'm getting ready to show you how I know. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, this morning. We'll turn several places. I want you to turn over to the book of Romans this morning. Romans chapter number eight. And look at verse number 16. And I pray that you'll hear me with an open mind today. And let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 16. Let me see if I can explain this to you. Romans 8 verse number 16. The Bible says there, the Spirit, and you'll notice that is a capital S. That's not referring to our spirit. It's referring to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our Spirit. Now there's a lowercase s. And so that spirit is your spirit. And so the Holy Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now again, I'm not going to really go into that big time today, but it just means this, that when you get born again, God puts his Holy Spirit inside of you, you become the indwelling temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I can't explain all that, but I believe it because that's what the Bible says, and I just accept it by faith. God, uh, how can something as big as God move into something as little as I am, and yet he does that. The Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, and the Bible says that his Holy Spirit begins to bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Somebody says, Pastor, how do you know? that you're saved. I know that I'm saved because the Holy Ghost of God tells me that I am. Now, old story, old story. I've been telling some new stories here lately. Here's an old story. Little boys out. We did this the other day too when the kids were all home. It was a great day for flying kites. We bought all the grandkids kites. 
And, uh, and it was a good kite day. And so we got out there with all the grandbabies. We got those kites so high. In fact, we got them all the way to the end of the strand. And so I went to the building real quick and I got one of my old fishing rods out. And I tied that kite string to the end of that fishing rod line. And man, I just hit the cast button and I let, and man, it was crazy. That thing, and the kids were just, they were blown away. Anyway, sorry, I had to just tell that little story. And, uh, but uh, this little boy's out flying a kite. Now, we don't fly kites much anymore, but we used to back in our day and before we had Nintendo and PlayStation and all that kind of stuff, uh, we actually went outside. I know that y'all don't believe that, but we actually went outside and we played outside. And uh, we would get a kite and we would get two or three spools of string and we would run that kite all the way to the end of the spool. We'd tie the next string on. We'd run it all the way to the end. We'd tie the next string on and just see how high we could get that, that kite. And so a little boy's out there one day and he's doing that. He's flying that kite. And he's got that thing way, way up there. In fact, it's up there with the clouds. And man, he's just having a time. And he just, he can't believe he's got it up there so high. And, and all of a sudden the fella comes by and he says, hey, son. He said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, he said, I'm flying a kite. I'm flying a kite. And, and the guy looked up and he didn't see a kite. I mean, it was so far up there and he didn't see a kite. And he said, what, 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 what did you say you're doing? He said, I'm flying a kite. And he said, well, I don't see a kite. Uh, are, are you sure that's what you're doing? And he said, oh, yes, sir. I'm flying a kite. And he said this, young man, he said, I cannot see it. He said, how do you know that you're flying a kite? And the young boy said, because every once in a while, I can feel the tug. Amen. I can't see it, but I know it's up there because I can feel the tug. Someone says, Pastor, how do you know that you're saved? I can't necessarily see all that God is doing. I can't see heaven necessarily. I can read about it. I can't see the Spirit of God necessarily. But I want to tell you something, child of God. Every once in a while, I can feel the tug. I can feel the tug. Hey, just a little while ago when these ladies were sick, singing and testifying. I felt the tug. I felt the tug. And it was like the Spirit of God will say, oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. That's the Savior I'm talking about. That's the God that we serve today. Listen, the Bible says that the Spirit of God beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And I want to ask you something. I want to ask you something. Examine yourselves. How long has it been since you felt the tug? You say, Pastor, I've never felt it. That's what Paul is saying. Scrutinize. Put that experience under a microscope. Are you sure? I'm not trying to make it out. I'm just saying that Paul is saying it's very important that you make sure you're not a reprobate. It's very important that you make sure you're not just another person. It's important that you make sure you're born again. We do that by the witness of the Spirit. But let me see if we can unveil this just a little further. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to 1 John, back toward the back of your Bibles. 1 John chapter number 5. Oh, man, I couldn't wait to get here. 1 John chapter number 5. And look, if you will, please, at verse number, verse number 10. Now, if you read 1 John you'll notice that over 40 times, <laughs> over 40 times, the Apostle John uses a little word, and the little word is no, K-N-O-W, no. Uh, and it's a very confident book here. In 1 John chapter five 
And verse number 10, now watch this, Calvary, because this will help you this morning. The Bible says in verse 10, 1 John 5, verse 10, and I keep repeating it because I want you to see this. The Bible says, he that believeth on the Son of God, look at the next few words, hath the witness, what's it say? In himself. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Now notice that again. He that believeth on the son of God hath the witness in himself. If I am truly saved, you know what the Bible's telling us there? That I have the witness of the spirit inside of me. It is inside of me bearing witness from the inside. Now, preacher, is that important? Man, you better know it's important. So we get saved, the Spirit of God bears witness inside of us. So I'm up here. One of our ladies has just made a scrumptious apple pie. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, Brother Rodney. It's just beautiful. And it's big. And they present it to me, and, and, uh, and I, I get a knife and a fork, and I've got a little plate, maybe a big plate. And I, you know, and uh, I noticed some of you folks went to the dessert buffet last night with not one of those little plates, one of those big plates. But anyway, and I cut me a big slab of that apple pie and maybe I've got a little vanilla ice cream close by and I get me a scoop of vanilla ice cream and uh, maybe heat that piece of pie up in the microwave just for a moment. And then I just put a big old dollop of vanilla ice cream uh, what kind of vanilla ice cream do you like? You like Briar's vanilla ice cream or maybe Blue Bunny or everybody ready to eat now? And I, and I, 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 I mean, I baptize that piece of pie with, with that, uh, uh, that ice cream a la mode. And then I take that fork and I, I begin to dig into that apple pie. Man, oh man, I mean, it is so great. And uh, man, I eat that pie and I'm just sort of wiping my mouth off. And, and all of a sudden, you know, Brother Rodney comes over and Brother Rodney strikes up a conversation with Brother Ricky. And, uh, and uh, he says, you know, Brother Rick, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I don't even believe that that pie exists. I don't believe it exists. <laughs> By the way, they're within earshot of me, so they're letting me hear this. And Brother Rodney says, I don't believe it exists. I, I, I don't even believe it. I, I believe preacher just made it up. I believe it, it don't even exist. Then Brother Ricky says, well, Brother Rodney said, I'm going to be honest. I believe that it exists, but I don't really believe it was that good. I, I don't believe that it was as good as the preacher said. And so Brother Rodney says, I don't believe it even exists. Brother Ricky says, I don't believe it's as good as the preacher said. Now, I want to tell you something. The whole time they're carrying on, you know what I'm doing? Man, I'm just having a good old time. You know what? I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about what they're saying. It's not bothering me in the least. I'm not discouraged. I don't care what they say. You know why? Because I got the witness in myself. Amen. Hey, I know it's in there. I know it's in there. Listen, I, I want to tell you what. I have that witness inside of me. Can I tell you why so many people doubt their salvation? Because they don't have the witness inside of them. Listen, they alluded to 
to it in the song today. No wonder the Bible says in Psalm 34, verse number eight, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm gonna tell you what. Hey, child of God, if you ever get a true taste, I'm telling you, if you ever get a taste of him, how sweet he is, how wonderful he is. Listen, you'll never doubt again. And you can have people come up to you at your work sites. I don't believe in God. And you're saying, it's all right. I'll tell you one thing. I don't believe in that Bible. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't bother you a lick. You know why? Because you've got the witness inside of you. How do you know, preacher, that you're saved? Number one, I, I, the witness of the Spirit, but there's something else. Preacher, how do you know you're saved? Number two, I know I'm saved because of the Word of God. Now, you're in 1 John 5, and so, boy, I want you to go to verse number 13. And this is a verse that everybody in this church ought to try to memorize. Because there are people that you work with, people that you are, are connected with in your family, friends, neighbors, and this is what they say. Nobody can know that they are saved. Hmm. Well, let's see what the Bible says about that. 1 John 5, 13, the Bible says these things... Have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God? Look at it. That ye may what? That ye may know that ye have eternal life. And that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Someone says, Pastor, how are you so sure that you're saved? And this is why I'm so sure. I have his word on it. You see, church, what I have is not based on me. What I have is based on him. <laughs> And so to confirm that, when I examine myself, when I scrutinize my experience, and somebody says, Preacher, how are you so sure? Well, number one, he has given me the witness of the Spirit, and that witness is down inside of me, but also God has given me his word on it. And I know I'm saved because of his word. Listen, I have written confirmation that if I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I know that I am a child of God. Uh, listen to what our Bible says in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to what 1 John chapter 5, verse number 12 says. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You say, Pastor, how can you know you're saved? Because I have the Word of God to prove it. I have written, I have written confirmation. So I can come to you today and I can say, folks, I am the child of Bill and Betty Pope. They're probably watching right now. Hey, mom and dad. Great mom and dad. Thank God for my godly heritage. Christian mom and dad. And I can, and, and I can say, I am a child of Bill and Betty Pope. You say, well, pastor, prove it. And I can say, well, uh, how about this? I look like them. I look like them. Now, if dad's watching right now, he would, he would tell you this. He knows that I am the more handsome of the two. He knows that, all right? God bless you, dad. We look, we look alike. 
A couple years ago, I was in the doctor's office. I was in the waiting room. There was quite a wait. And I'm just sitting out there. I think I took my iPad that day, and I'm just reading and studying. And there's a little receptionist there in the, in the office. And after a little while, she sort of talks through the little glass there, opens the glass, talks through. And she said, sir, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. She said, do you know Bill Pope? And I said, yes, ma'am, I do know him. And uh, she said, you look just like him. I said, yeah, that's my dad. And so we, we look alike. So we have that. Um, I sort of act like mom and dad. I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure if you were to line us up, I'm sure that I sort of talk like my mom and dad. But I have better proof than that. You see, you say, preacher, okay, you sort of look like your dad. You sort of talk like your mom. Uh, I, you know, I sort of see the resemblance, but, but how can you really uh, prove uh, that you're a child of Bill and Betty Pope? I'll tell you how. I can take you home in just a little while, and I can take you to, to a file cabinet where we have some very important papers filed away, and I can pull out a written confirmation called a birth certificate. And on that birth certificate are, is my dad's name and my mom's name. By the way, it doesn't just have their names on there, but it has my name on there, and it has the Iredell County official seal that placed on that, that written confirmation that says that I am a child of Bill and Betty Pope. Somebody says, Pastor, how can I know that I'm saved? I'll tell you how. Because you have written confirmation. If you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Somebody says, Preacher, are you sure, you're mar- are you sure that you're married to Miss Tammy? I mean, are you sure? I mean, and I could say, well, we live in the same house. Well, that's definitely not proof anymore. Unfortunately, a lot of folk are living in the same house who are not married. I, I could say, well, you know what? We like the same things, and we do. We like a lot of the, the same things. I could tell you about the day that we were, that we were wed on September the 14th, 1985, at Ufola Baptist Church. Of course, it would make some of our young people laugh, you know, because they spend, I'm, I'm not preaching against this, but, I, but they spend thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on the wedding. And, and they say, Mom and Dad, what did y'all have at your reception? Well, I said, we had these little pickles and we had some peanuts and, uh, and we might have some of those little mints. I cannot remember if we did or not. And uh, that's about all. That's about all we had. But we were married. Now, I could testify all of that. And you say, well, but, but, but preacher, I want better proof than that. I do too. And you know what I could do? I could load you up in my truck and I could take you right now when they're open. I could take you down to the Iredell County Register of Deeds. I could give them my name and I could say, I need to prove to these people that I am wed to Miss Tammy Pope and they could go back and look through their vast filing system. They could come back with a written confirmation. It's called a wedding license and uh, they, a written confirmation that has the official seal uh, of the register of deeds that's placed on that document. It also has witnesses' names and signatures that say that we are married. But I'm about to get happy right now. You say, Pastor, how do you know that you're saved? I'll tell you how. Because thank God 
God, I have, I have a written confirmation right here. And not only do I have a written confirmation, but thank God I've got a witness signed to it. I've been stamped. I've been sealed with the Spirit of God. And because of that, I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. How do you know, preacher? How do you know you're saved? Number one, the witness of the Spirit. Do you have it? That's what Paul is saying. Examine yourselves. You say, Pastor, I don't have that. But I would be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed to respond to an invitation. Listen, you don't have to worry about us. You have to worry about eternity. And so we know, number one, by the witness of the Spirit. Number two, by the Word of God. We're done. We're done. How about this? Number three. You say, Pastor, how do you know you're saved? Number three, the way of salvation. A little song we used to sing says, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The words I used to say, I don't say them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. Pastor, how do you know you're born again? Because of the way of salvation. You see, salvation makes a change. Ephesians 2.13 says it like this, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Brother Mike quoted it in Sunday school class this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now we're done, but I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn back to 2 Corinthians, if you would, and look at chapter number three. 2 Corinthians chapter number three. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 18. Pastor, how do you know that you're born again because of the way of salvation? A change. When you're genuinely born again, a change begins to take place. Now look, church, look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter three. And when you find chapter three, go down to verse number 18. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, the Bible says, but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Look at the next two words. Are what? Are changed. Are changed. Man, I've got that underlined. You ought to circle that in your Bible or underline it or highlight it. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That word changed is the Greek word metamorpho. Metamorpho. We get a word from that in our language too. It's the word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. In other words, if you truly get born again, I'm not... I'm not telling you what I believe. I'm telling you what God said. God said, if you truly get born again, there's going to be a metamorpho. There's going to be a metamorphosis that takes place. I'm not saying that it's going to happen overnight. I'm not saying that you're going to be a super Christian, but I am saying this. My dear friend, if anything as big as God moves in, I'll promise you there's going to be a change. There's going to be a transformation. Metamorphosis. I begin to think about that word. I'll see if I can... See if I can illustrate that. How many have ever seen a caterpillar? And that caterpillar begins to spin a cocoon. 
Man, I, I'm going to tell you something, church. Nature will prove to you there's a God. I had never studied, really studied that out. And that caterpillar will spin a cocoon around itself. And once it seals itself up in that cocoon, I'm telling you, you talk about a metamorphosis. Did you know that, did you know that caterpillar literally begin to digest itself? If you were to break open that cocoon in the midst of that metamorphosis, there would be almost like a soup in that cocoon. And yet somehow, in the greatness of God, that, that caterpillar can wrap himself up in that cocoon and if left alone, a great metamorphosis takes place and that, that what went in as a worm comes out as a beautiful butterfly. That insect is literally, <laughs> I'm about to get happy over a caterpillar. Yeah, that, that insect is literally transformed. It metam, it, there's a metamorphosis that takes place. Now, you say, Pastor, what does that have to do with anything? And this is what it has to do with everything. If you are still a caterpillar after salvation, there is a problem. Are you saved? Oh, yeah. Are you saved? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Going to church faithfully? Well, no. Still drinking like you used to drink before you were saved? Well, still going to the same parties that you used to attend before you got saved? Well, yeah. Reading your Bible? Well, no. Do you enjoy coming to church? Not really. Are you saved? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a caterpillar coming out of the cocoon, still a caterpillar. And you say to the caterpillar, are you a butterfly? Oh, yes. Then fly away. Well, I would, but I don't think I will today. Y'all see where I'm heading with this? I'm not trying to get anybody to doubt your salvation at all. But I am trying to get you to do what I think the Bible's trying to get you to do, and that's examine and scrutinize and make sure that you're born again. Hey, young people, young people, a young person, are you saved? You say, preacher, I've been coming to church ever since I was in the nursery. Mom and dad, they're Christian people. That is so great. I'm not asking about your mom and dad. Are you saved? Well, I, 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 I go to Christian school. Great. Are you saved? Well, Pastor, I, I hang around some good kids. Wonderful. Are you saved? Examine yourselves. Prove your own selves that you're not just another person. Father, we love you, and thank you for this time we've had together this morning. Lord, what a terrible thing it would be to attend church all your life and die lost. Lord, to be religious but lost. Father, I pray that you would help us as a church to examine ourselves 
to make sure that we're in the faith. Lord, to go back to that event, that time, that place when Christ touched us, when the Lord Jesus showed us our need and the Holy Ghost did his perfect work and we came to know Christ as our personal Savior. Father, I pray right now that you would do what only you can. This is not my area. This is yours. So, Spirit of God, I pray that you will work in hearts and I pray that you'd help us to examine. Now, Lord, if we go back and examine and we find out that we are truly born again, well, then maybe we ought to just come and just say, Lord, thank you for saving my soul and thank you for making me whole. But, Lord, if there's one here today that, that doesn't have that assurance, that full assurance, I pray today would be that day. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And like always, I'm going to ask a couple questions. How many of you here today would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond any shadow of any doubt that I have been born again. I'm a child of the King. I'm a child of God. Without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up right now as a testimony. It is me. Praise God. It's me. It's me. You can lower your hands. Hey, Calvary, if you've never done a little wave offering to the Lord every once in a while, man, you just ought to do a little wave offering and just wave your hand to him and say, Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Yes, yes, yes. But I want to ask a second question. How many are here today? And you'd say, preacher, I'm getting ready to be honest. If I died right now, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. But I sure would like to. I want to know. I want to know. If that's you right now, you'd say, Pastor, I'm not sure about heaven. I want to pray for you. And right now, would you just slip your hand up? Just slip it up and raise it as high as you can so I can see it. God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Pastor, if I died right now, I am not 100% sure. And I want you to remember me. You'd slip your hand up, raise it high, wave it at me. Preacher, it's me. It's me. Is there another? Anywhere. Anywhere. Hey, child of God, can I ask you something? How long has it been since you just thanked him for touching you? what Brother Abel's playing. He touched me. Well, don't ever let that day get old to you. Every once in a while, you ought to have a little bit of a spell about your salvation and thank God that he's saved you. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand all over the house this morning? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask our personal workers if they would quietly make their way to the front this morning and, and, uh, by personal workers, we just we have a few folks up here with a Bible in their hand. And it could be that you've got a need of some kind. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need uh, some help with a burden. But it could be you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven. But I want to be sure. I want to be sure. We've got some folks here that would love to meet you. 
And we want to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you 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 know that you're going to heaven when you die. And I want you to come. Child of God, if it's been a little while since you've thanked God for your salvation, I want you to come. Find your place around this old-fashioned altar and just praise Him for a little bit and thank Him. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, I've got a loved one that means a lot to me, but I know they're lost. There's no evidence of salvation. I, I feel sure they're lost without the Lord. Maybe today you ought to come and just gather around the altar and pray for that lost loved one that they would be saved in 2022. So, Father, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. Lord, speak to hearts. I pray for these that have raised their hands. God, I pray that you would show them how, how much you love them and care for them. And Heavenly Father, I pray today that you'd help us all to do an examination. Lord, to examine ourselves, to scrutinize our experience, to make sure that we're in the faith. And so, Lord, right now, I pray you'd give boldness. I pray that you'd give courage. And Holy Spirit, I pray you'd help people to let go and let God have his way. Please, Father, bless, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you need to come, now's a great time. Come on. Come on, church. Let's make a move for the Lord. Come on, let's make a move for the Lord today. Pastor, if I died, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. Come on, step out. We've got somebody here that would love to just try to be a blessing to you and help, and help you. Would you come? Would you come? Man, we want you to know that you know that you know that you're born again. Would you come while we wait? While we wait. Lord, give them help today. Oh, God. Spirit of God, I pray that you draw them. Lord, right now, Father, help no one to leave this place not knowing that they're born again by the grace of God. God, help us today, please. Save those that are lost, those family members that people are praying for right now. Heavenly Father, open the door. Save those people. God, do it, please. Give us the opportunity to be a witness. Lord, to be a witness of your grace and your salvation. Father, have your way now in the invitation, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads